As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When I lay me down to sleep I will be dancing in 
You co-wrote this with Kai Fleming and Brenda Russell, and both of those writers you've written a lot with. So let's talk about Dancing in My Dreams. I'll take you back to the beginning of it. I knew Kai first for quite a long time and had written with her and had some success. Brenda, I always loved, but I didn't know her. And I was at a songwriting retreat in the south of France run by Miles Copeland. And Brenda was there as well. So I met Brenda, wrote with her, loved writing with her, and suggested that she and Kai and I get together. And they didn't know each other at all. So in Nashville, we got together. But we also talked for a while and said, you know, we'd all been trying to write to briefs. You know, you get briefs from publishers and producers. And we'd all been kind of missing out lately. Sometimes you write this song to a brief and someone else does it maybe, or the artist doesn't do it. Something was falling through at this particular time. So the three of us got in a room in Nashville for two days and said, let's write something that knocks us out and, and screw everything else. Let's forget it. Let's forget writing for an artist, a brief, any of that music business stuff. Let's just see if we can knock each other out. And we did. I mean, we spent two days and we wrote something really different that we all really loved. It started with like a Celtic drum loop that I had. Kai did her thing. He wrote a terrific lyric, really terrific lyric. Brendo's incredible with some melody and music as well. We both did that. The cool part of the story is we went out of there thinking, well, if no one ever records it, we don't care. This mission accomplished. We loved it. We went and did a really rough demo, Brenda and I. And we thought, you know, this could be the end of the story, but how great. Meantime, we all had all separate publishers. All the publishers got it. They all loved it, but said, I have no idea who to pitch this to at all. It's a very odd song. Brenda's publisher had someone working in the office, and Tina Turner was looking for a song to start a new album and didn't really have a brief. They didn't really know what they wanted, but publishers, not knocking publishers ever, publishers and, and record labels can tend to think, well, you know, do part two of whatever the last record was. And that's not what this song was. So somebody in Brenda's publishing company said, you know what? I'm going to send this to Tina Turner's producer. I just have a feeling. And what came back was hilarious in a way. Whoever heard it at the label said, you guys, this is so far off a Tina Turner song that you're wasting our time and we're not happy about it. And whoever actually did this ought to get fired. The story I heard later was they actually did get fired. <laughs> Yeah. And, that, and that's how crazy the story has been. And then what happened was she persisted and got it through to Tina somehow. Tina heard it and said, this is absolutely going to start my new album. This is what I want to do. This is a direction that I love everything about it, and including we're, we're watching Oprah one time. This dates way back. And she's on Tina's on Oprah saying this song came through to me and was the inspiration for this whole album. And she did it, and the album sold about $6 million. And the end of the story was it was a tremendous learning experience for Kai and Brenda and I together. We thought, you know what? We need to spend more time just trying to knock each other out when we write and not write to briefs and not write part two of someone's hit. And that served, I know it served me really well later on with some major artists. So why do you think Tina liked the song? Boy, you know, that's that's a great question. So hard to, to pin down. I, I think she just identified with the emotion in it. It's an emotional song. Kai's lyric is really fantastic. And I think she just got inside the lyric and got inside the, the kind of 
almost sort of mystic Celtic beat of it and stuff. It's just a very different song. It just it's hard to tell what resonates with an artist. It's been my experience. Sometimes they the really great ones don't want to repeat themselves. And that's where writers can mess up, me included, for years. So she was looking for something different and it just resonated. Have you seen the video? I have, yeah. What do you think of it? I think somebody just put it together. I don't think it was done by Tina's label, the one I saw. But again, it's my favorite co-writing experience ever. I love the song. I cried when my publisher called and said, guess what? And played it down the phone to me. He was in England. And I lost it because I love Tina Turner. And most songwriters, me included, have these voices they hear in their head that when they write. And you almost try to sing like them. She's one I did pretty often, especially in my younger years, just wanted something that I could imagine her singing. So when I heard her sing it, it you just lose your mind. It's great. What did each of you, Kai, Fleming, Brenda Russell, and yourself, Mark, what did each of you contribute to the co-writing? At that time, I had been used to working with uh, drum loops a lot, which were pretty different at the time. Uh, it kind of got me going and created a mood. Although I'm more comfortable on guitar, I was writing on keyboards for this. So my, I had a keyboard with a lot of drum loops in it and just kind of vibey things. We started there. I just thought, what about this feel? And we started there. Brenda and I just kind of comfortably fall into trying to sing over things and come up with chords. We did that. But I think to me, the most interesting part of this was Kai, because I'd written with Kai and I know how she writes. She needs to be inspired and she can also be very quiet until she's really got something. So the the funny part of the story was I was dear friends with both these two writers, had written with them separately. And now we're all in a room. And so the very the first day we spent was really just Brenda and I you know, trying to come up with things, seeing where we're going, getting excited about it. Kai, as I remember anyway, kind of sitting in the corner, you know, with a notepad and not a lot to say. So the next morning, I remember Brenda kind of cornered me before, as I remember again, before Kai was there and said, hey, you think Kai likes what we're doing? Because she's not saying a lot, you know? And she said, you do you think she likes it or does she like me? Or, you know, this, you're kind of like in junior high again in these situations. And I said, no, trust me, you know, because I've, I've seen her at work before. And I mean, sure enough, the next day she came in with that lyric pretty much just done and said, what about this? And we all went, oh, geez, it was brilliant. I've had that experience with Kai a number of times. So the chorus I find remarkable because not only is it catchy, but it has no rhymes. Yeah. And, you know, Kai is so good. I learned so much from her as a lyricist that she can make things feel like they rhyme. You know, you can hear it and think, oh, that's so great. And like you probably just discovered, you go back and look at it and go, wait a minute. This isn't really following the rules I know, rhyming line one and three and two and four. And just, just brilliant, you know. I particularly like in the song a few things. The way it does a slow build to a primal crescendo. And, you know, you mentioned Celtic drums. I kind of didn't realize that it was Celtic inspired on the record. It felt more sort of universal primal mm -hmm. inspired Aboriginal, maybe. And then it goes to this real crescendo at the break. And then the strings come in in a full orchestra. You know, it's like, it's the whole beautifully heavily produced 
sort of 1980s sound. <laughs> but did you envision that when you wrote it? Or Well, I'm going to be honest with you. No. I love the demo. The demo suggested all that. A couple of really funny things about this as well. The drum loop that I used actually was the same drummer they ended up using for Tina's version, which I think was just coincidence. Uh, I can't recall his name offhand, but I heard her record. And as soon as it started, I thought, have they used the same loop and the same everything? And Brenda sang the demo and Tina actually sounded like Brenda in the beginning of the song. Ours was much simpler. When I first heard, I was kind of taken aback by everything Trevor Horn had done. He used like a kid's choir, probably part of the London Symphony. He put the kitchen sink in this thing and turned it into an epic, you know? Yeah, no, it's really epic when the orchestra comes in in the in the last chorus. It's full-on production, you know, almost David Foster-like, and you know. And Trevor Horn's famous for that, especially then, you know. I've grown to like it better. At first, I was a little like, you know, have we lost the essence of the song? There's a lot in there. And it became so long, the pro songwriter and all of us went, uh-oh, this may not be a single ever, because I don't know how long that version is, but it's very long compared to ours. There's a weird thing on Spotify. It's a 12-minute song, but it's got like other songs attached to it that aren't the five-minute version of the song for some reason. It's definitely not 12 minutes, but it's long. No, it's not 12 minutes. It's a five-minute song. It's like 540. But, you know, to, to answer your question the best I can, I think, is, you know, I did grow to really like his version, but I also loved the initial demo we did, which really captured the very similar feel to it all. And the Celtic part, you know, I probably should clarify, I always think of the drum loop as Celtic, but I had a keyboard part that that's that, it's very Celtic-y melody, you know? So I always, I always think of those things together, I guess. Yeah, the, the keyboard almost, it's a synthesized keyboard that almost sounds like a flute on the record to me. Exactly. You create, or whoever did, created sounds that don't sound like keys out of the synthesizer. They sound like other instruments, but not perfectly like other instruments. They're clearly played by, you know, pianist. Yeah, you're right. Like, the original demo was a bit like that, too. And I was going after more like a penny whistle sound, you know, more of a traditional Irish Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. So I was trying to simulate that as best I could, not being a great keyboard player and having limited stuff with us at the time. But that's what I was going for. Those kind of things Trevor Horn did pick up on, I think, and really nail. Yeah. And part of it, it sounds like he's plucking strings on a keyboard, which is remarkable, like that you can actually get that out of a synthesizer. Yeah. He's, he's a master of, of big production, that's for sure. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts 
to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.